Welcome to NBA Storytime. I'm Jamel Johnson. This time, I'm telling a story about a guy who just wanted to take a break. So he left the glamorous life of an NBA player for the front seat of a Chevrolet V8. Buckle up. There are no breaks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? You may recognize that particular rant. No, it's not Pascal Siakam going off on Nick Nurse. It's from the famous 1976 Robert De Niro vehicle, Taxi Driver. If you've seen the film, you might remember that it doesn't paint driving a taxi in a very flattering light. Actually, it doesn't paint anything in a flattering light. Listen, you fuckers, you screwheads. Here is a man who would not take it anymore. But it became a classic and influenced the culture. I'm not sure it made driving a taxi cool, though. That distinction would go to Hall of Fame Boston Celtics center Dave Cowens that same year of 1976. Please let me explain. There's another good soft touch shot by Dave Cowens, trying to use his strength and muscle against Adams down low. Dave Cowens was an absolute stud center known for his intensity. Born in Kentucky and reaching a height of 6'9", Cowens dominated high school basketball at Newport Catholic High. Big Red followed that up with a stellar career at Florida State, where he made the All-America second team in 1970. The Celtics took Cowens fourth overall in the 1970 NBA draft on a recommendation from none other than Celtics legend Bill Russell. And Red was going around saying, I got a fine center. I said, Red, you got one. He said, where? I said, Dave Cowens. He said, he's a forward. I said, he could play center. When questioned whether Cowens was too short, basketball short, not normal short, Russell was quoted saying, no one is gonna tell that Peckerwood he can't play center. Bill said kid, but he meant Peckerwood. Cowens proved Russell right, showing off that signature intensity on his way to winning rookie of the year and leading the league in personal fouls in his first season. Cowens on the floor. It's tied up. What a play by Dave Cowens. It's always nice to lead the league in something. To this day, I hold the Virginia Community College system record for most joints smoked in a semester. And Cowens only got better from there. In the 1972-73 season, he averaged a 20-point, 16-rebound double-double on his way to an NBA MVP trophy. Weirdly, Cowens became the only NBA MVP to not make the All-NBA first team that season. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the definition of white privilege. 
In fact, Cowens was shut out of the All-NBA First Team his entire career. Kareem, Bill Walton, Bob McAdoo, and Moses Malone locked that shit down the whole decade. In the 1973-74 season, the Celtics rode Cowens in the aging but still feather-hairdo-wielding John Havlicek to an NBA championship appearance against the Milwaukee Bucks and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm guessing in revenge for stonewalling him out of the All-NBA squad, Cowens went off on Kareem with 28 points and 14 rebounds in the deciding Game 7, and the Celtics took home the trophy. I'm impressed that they won on the road. We all know how it goes in Boston. They probably would have threw banana peels on the court. The celebration grew in the champion's dressing room. They had won the game. They had to win. Now is where Cowan's story begins to go from basketball interesting to an episode of Arrested Development. The Celtics won in Milwaukee, so they hopped on the plane back to Boston and arrived on Sunday, May 12th, Mother's Day. Instead of partying with his squad, Cowan's decided to party with the people of Boston, which does make me judge him. Driving around with his brother, Cowan's partied with randos until the very reasonable hour of 8 p.m. when he called it a night and went to sleep so he could be fresh for his Bible study group the next morning. Psych, nah, him and his bro continued to get crunk until their hearts almost stopped. Yeah, they had us the first half, I'm not gonna lie. The revelries continued. Chugging champagne and wandering around the city until the wee hours of the morning, Cowens found himself at the Boston Commons in no state to drive home. So he curled up on the most appealing park bench and went to sleep. When he woke up on Monday morning, Cowens scrambled directly to the championship parade, which would pass that same park bench as it wound its way through Beantown. So what I'm saying is he could have gotten a few extra minutes of sleep and hopped on as it passed, but that's just me. Despite this seeming like a totally normal reaction to winning an NBA championship to me, Cowens' drunken park nap actually added to his reputation of being a bit of an NBA oddball. He was even given the nickname Dave the Rave. I'll let the New York Times take it from here. Dave Cowens was even more different. Despite a $250,000 salary, he drove a yellow Jeep instead of a Rolls Royce. He wore plaid shirts and corduroy pants rather than custom-tailored clothes. He lived in a suburban flat above a toy store rather than in a fancy pad. So apparently being a proto-hipster was enough to have the gray lady talk mad shit about you in the 70s. The man just wanted to wear corduroys and go off-roading and all of a sudden he's a weirdo? Is what I would say if the next thing that Dave Cowens did wasn't actually super weird. It started in the 1976 season. On the floor, Dave had been killing it through the first eight games, averaging 18.4 points and 15.3 rebounds per game. But that wasn't good enough for Cowens, who claimed to be feeling burned out. So he asked Red Auerbach for a 65-day leave of absence and was gone. Please, whatever anyone does, do not show James Harden any of this information. So what did he do with his time off? Well, it was December, so he went back to his family home in Kentucky and sold Christmas trees for a while. Probably wearing those no-good plaid shirts again just to stick it to the New York Times. That's fun, but not while we're here. No, his big weird thing, really weird, not NYT weird, was becoming a certified taxi driver. At least for one night. 
A buddy was in Beantown and Cowens, being a man of the people, wanted an intimate way to show him around. The big man thought, why not take him all over Boston with the people of Boston while driving a cab? Why you'd want to be surrounded by the people of Boston is beyond me. And yes, I did forget Cowens was white while reading this. So he paid the $35 to become part of the Independent Taxi Operators Association, hopped in a taxi and turned the light on. Even in the 70s, 35 bucks seems low, right? No wonder it was the golden age of serial killers. But Cowens was not into murder, he was into the experience. Decades later, Cowens spoke to ESPN about his one night taxi fling and said, we picked up a few fares, we took some long routes around the city and no one recognized me. That was before cable television, before all these eyes on you off the court. I was a free spirit then. And that was it. After one night ferrying people around Boston, Dave Cowens went back to doing whatever he was doing while he waited for his competitive fire to return. He must have reignited sometime between New Year's and Valentine's Day. On January 14th, Dave the Rave returned to the Celtics and posted an 8-6-3 line. The rest of the season, he'd averaged 16 points and 13 rebounds a game before the Seas bowed out to Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference semis. In 1978-79, he became a player coach, but didn't like the pressure and retired in 1980. He briefly returned for the Milwaukee Bucks in the 1982-83 season, but again retired after playing just 40 games. Dave Cowens wasn't as weird as people think. Heck, he'd easily be the most normal dude on the Clippers roster if you put him in the NBA now. He was, however, an intense man. Sometimes he was intense about basketball and would outhound Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for rebounds. Other times he was intense about becoming a cabbie to show his friend around Boston, and I can respect that. Now pay up. The meter was running the whole time. listening to NBA Storytime. I'm your host, co-writer, and stretch three on the floor, Jamel Johnson. Harry Swartout is our producer, co-writer, and a man heavily invested in rec specs. Daniel Hardigan is our script editor and the guy who mops up after people who fall down under the basket. Devin Shepard is our associate producer and the only one who makes sure we all get on the bus on time. Thank you, Devin. Haley O'Shaughnessy is our consulting producer and leading the league in bench points. John Yales and Peter Moses are our executive producers, and they also insisted on calling their own fouls. Real good to you guys. Got an idea for a story you want us to tell? Leave it in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll put it in front of our Podcast Homeowners Association to see if we're allowed to make it sometime in the future. And I'm not repainting my fence. NBA Storytime is a Blue Wire podcast. Catch you next time.